Yo, this is David back again with another episode of the Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 147. Yeah, I'm going to do another themed one probably for 150. Uh, so you can look forward to a few kind of regular episodes until then. I'm not really feeling it again this week. Still not feeling right. Um, but I'm not going to delay it another week. I just didn't feel like it. So going to stay focused and knock it out. So here we go. We're going to Chicago, Illinois in the USA. This is a melodic thrash band, a four-piece that's been going since 2012. And they are uh, label mates for uh, us in Grove. And they're good dudes. Like we always, anytime they... Um, they release something or promote something, we always share it, and you know, vice versa. They help us out, we help them out. We always try to kind of, um, you know, puff up the uh, the releases coming from Wise Blood Records, and uh, so we do try to do our part and share. Uh, but they are just legitimately an excellent band, and that is Blood Letter, and they are actually uh, coming out with. Well, actually, it just came out this past Friday, uh, their third album called A Different Kind of Hell came out on July 21st through Wise Blood Records and um, it's a step up in every way I mean the the last album was great and this one is really good and there's a couple of really good kind of thrashy uh, records coming out through Wise Blood um, in the near future so we got Blood Letter and then the new uh, Grave Ripper as well um, but this is great and Justin you know from Krigsgrove he especially uh, just jumped all over this he loves uh, this style of thrash uh, very melodic, so there's a lot of excellent harmonized guitar work and stuff like that. Um, I even just listened to it in the car yesterday, and my son commented on uh, how cool he thought it was. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely a step up in songwriting. The performances are killer. Production works really well for this type of music, and uh, it's been getting some some good buzz. I can't remember. I think it was Metal Temple said it was a 10 out of 10 thrash masterpiece. So, heck of a review, and they've been getting lots of reviews like that lately. So. Well-deserved, gentlemen. So here we go. Off of the third album, A Different Kind of Hell, this is Bloodletter with Flesh Turned to Ash.
right, there we go. That is Blood Letter from Chicago with Flesh Turned to Ash. Excellent song, and uh, the guitar work just really shines on that whole new album. Um, all right, we're going to Montreal, Canada. A band that used to be a five-piece and is now a four-piece. Been going since 92, and that is Cryptopsy. Um, Cryptopsy, they released, you know, a couple of, uh, of EPs in like 2015, maybe, and 2018. And uh, they kind of talked about that possibly being, you know, what they're going to do just going forward. But even then, with the EPs, they were spacing them out, you know, several years in between those EPs. And it just kind of felt like they were losing steam, maybe, uh, creatively. Who knows? Because the EPs were good. But, uh, again, it just, you know, if you're releasing just a four or five song EP and it takes you three plus years to, to write it and release it, that's kind of a long time. But, um, but they're releasing their first full-length album in 11 years because the last one uh, was in 2012 and it was their uh, self-titled uh, when John Levasseur came back into the band to save it basically because <laughs> he he heard the uh, uh, An Unspoken King album which was full of like metalcore influences and breakdowns and stuff and he just kind of told them but he didn't ask but told them like listen you're you're fucking this up you're fucking this legacy up this is not what Cryptopsy is supposed to be and I want you to let me back in so I can help you write your next record. And that's exactly what happened. He rejoined, um, you know, co-wrote the next record. Definitely sounded a lot more like Cryptopsy. Uh, they were back on track. And then about a year after that album uh, came out, he decided to leave again. Because I don't think he really truly wanted back in with all the touring and stuff like that. Um, but his contribution was... Much needed, I would say, but the EPs that followed that self-titled album actually stayed true to, like, proper Cryptopsy sound. You can still definitely notice, you know, the absence of, of John Levasseur, because um, he just kind of has his own signature kind of style, I would say. His riff style is very identifiable as Cryptopsy, you know what I mean? But those EPs were still quite good. Um, still features Matt McGahee on vocals. Super nice guy. Um, good dude just runs his podcast his Vox and Hops podcast he was kind enough to have uh, Justin on there for the last album for the Sundering uh, he had us on and really good guy as far as I know he's a school teacher as well but that being said I, I hate to say it but he, he's my least favorite of their vocalists that they've had um, you know Lord Worm of course gets all the uh, the praise and uh, rightly so he's, he's an excellent vocalist and was on those early albums very unique, and then, uh, you know, Mike DeSalvo had a different voice, but it was an excellent voice. I really liked the records that he was on. But my favorite, oddly enough, is uh, Martin Lacroix, who they had for a very brief time, and he was only on one release, and that was the None So Live uh, live album, because he really, to me, sounded enough like DeSalvo uh, when he sang the DeSalvo-era songs, and then he could still make himself sound enough like Lord Worm on the older songs, and uh, it just worked, but uh, the thing that hindered him was his inability to speak English. And they felt like, vocally, it was worth taking the chance. They wanted him in the band because they felt like they could teach him English, like get him English lessons to where he can do interviews and just on-stage banter and write better, more clear lyrics and things like that. And uh, it, just, it just didn't work out. He tried. He went to English lessons and things like that, but the progress was minimal so they just kind of said well, I'm sorry we're gonna have to go a different direction here so but vocally I, I he's my favorite one because uh, he could kind of do it all you know on that live album but anyways 
back to the point here. Cryptopsy's coming out with this new album. It's album number eight. First one in 11 years, as I said. It's called As Gamora Burns. And that's coming out on September 8th through Nuclear Blast. And they have released one single so far and a music video. And uh, you can still definitely, you know, feel the absence of John Levasseur. But, um, but it's good. It sounds like Cryptopsy. It really does. Not quite as catchy as some of the ones that I heard on the EPs that came out in more recent years. Um, but this one's certainly, you know, very in-your-face and very brutal. So um, I'll be checking out the album when it comes out. So here we go. Off of album number eight, As Gamora Burns. This is Cryptopsy with In Abeyance. There we go. That is Cryptopsy with In Abeyance. Um, it's a good tune. It's a very brutal tune. Um, I don't even necessarily think it's the riffs that aren't catchy. It's just kind of maybe the production um, causes the guitars to kind of lack a little bit of definition. So it kind of just turns into this wall of sound 
and you're not able to decipher um, the specific you know notes the guitar is playing as clearly as on some previous releases. But one thing I will say is that they are missing um, a second guitar player. Like when you see them live, they're still good, but uh, they really need that second guitar in there, I think. But anyways, we're going to Norway here out of Oslo. This is Toulouse. That's T-U-L-U-S. And they existed initially from 91 to 2000, and then they regrouped in 06 and have been going ever since. I actually um, got to see them in 2008 in Oslo, I believe it was, because they, because I saw Cold in 2006 at Inferno, and then in 2008, Toulouse played, and that was the in support of, uh, I think it's called Biography Obscene was the album. And uh, they were great. I mean, it consists of the same guys from Cold, and um, their sound is very much similar to Cold. But um, they they took a little more creative chances, I would say, um, in the 90s. And then ever since they've regrouped, especially the last few albums, they kind of just feel like a continuation of, of Cold. You know, there's not a whole lot of difference in their styles, I would say. Uh, the song I'm about to play is no exception to that. Definitely sounds like a Cold song. And I'm on board with that. I love both of these bands. So I'm going to play something. They've got seven albums in total. I'm going to play something off of the fifth called Om Ogbiter. And that came out in 2012 through Taboo Recordings, which I meant to double-check if that still exists, because I remember seeing several things back then released through Taboo Recordings and um, through the, kind of the mid-2000s. And this, you know, came out in 2012. But I haven't seen much of that label uh, in recent years, so I'm curious if they're still around. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is a very simple, straightforward, heavy song. Of course, they always kind of straddled that line of playing, like, black metal, but making it tuned down and heavy, you know, with Cold and with this band, and um, this is certainly no exception there, but it's just a good headbanger and uh, one of my favorites off of this record. So here we go, off of the album Olm Ogbiter. This is Toulouse with Vilsti. Oh, my bitter. 
All right. That was Toulouse from Norway with Vilsti. And yeah, really like that record. And um, pretty much everything after like 2010 has kind of sounded just like cold. And I am okay with that because I love cold. Um, all right, we're going to Italy here for some nice kind of nasty thrash metal, speed metal type stuff. Uh, this band's a four-piece that existed from 03 to 2019 called Baphomet's Blood. And I've played them once before. Uh, played something off of their most recent record, which I want to say came out in like 2018 before they called it quits. Um, so I wanted to dive back a little further this time, and I'm going to play something off of album number two which is called Second Strike and came out in December of 08 through Iron Bonehead Records, which is a label that I love. And yeah, I mean, every album kind of sounds the same. The only thing that changes is the production, basically. The production got better as they went along, so this still kind of has a, a more raw production, but some would argue that it just kind of suits the music uh, even better. So just great guitar work, fast, aggressive, um, good vocals, kind of has Venom qualities to it. And, yeah, it's nasty. It's satanic. It's fucking dirty and evil, and it's great. <laughs> so here we go. Off of the second album, Second Strike. This is Baphomet's Blood with Baphomet's Blood.
right, there we go. That is Baphomet's Blood from Italy with Baphomet's Blood. Yeah, very, you know, Venom and Motorhead inspired for sure, um, but just a fun band to listen to, really. It's a shame they're not still going. They only had those four records uh, in that 16-year span, but, but they're good. They're a fun listen. Uh, all right, we're going to Germany here. This is a four-piece kind of more modern black metal band, I would say, that's been going since 2011 until now. Production's very punchy and clean and loud, and um, but it's done very well. I'm going to play something off of the debut. They have three records, but I have not heard the second or third. I honestly have not heard of this band until recently, and I saw something shared on Facebook uh, with this album cover and a link, a YouTube link, and uh, really enjoyed it. So just wanted to share. So I don't really know a whole lot about this band. It's a four-piece, as I said. They're called Magoth, Magoth, M-A-G-O-T-H. No idea, but um, I'm not sure if they're still unsigned, but at least for the first album, uh, it was released independently. And uh, the album's called Anti-Terrestrial Black Metal, and that came out in June of 2017. And yeah, like I said, this is very fresh for my brain here. I don't know a whole lot about this band or their background or whatever, but uh, I will say that I didn't recognize any of the members' names as being in any other projects that I've heard of, but... This is some quality stuff, so here we go. I'm just going to share. Off of anti-terrestrial black metal, this is Magoth with Der Toten Gesang.
All right, there we have it. That is Magoth from Germany with Der Totengesang. I think I butchered the pronunciation of that uh, on the introduction, so I wanted to remedy it <laughs> after the song. That means the death, the death song or the dead song, something like that. Um, all right, we're going to the UK here out of Manchester. This band's been going since 2010, I believe, and they're still going. It is Necronautical, and it took me a while to check them out. I kept seeing them pop up on Spotify with certain things I would listen to, and they would show up as a... Uh, you know, similar artist or whatever, and um, for whatever reason, I just never really checked them out until recently. And it's cool, it's probably not something I'll listen to all the time, but it's very kind of symphonic, and the type of symphonic, like the certain sounds they use, are reminiscent uh, to me of uh, kind of mid-period, like Cradle of Filth. Um, so they use the keys pretty well, and the production's very thick and punchy and clear and all that, but uh, I am playing something off of a newer album. I have not really checked out the uh, the old stuff, so might be different on the old stuff, but this album's pretty cool. And um, it's they're on a pretty good label as well, so I'm surprised I haven't seen more of them just kind of out in the everyday world, you know, on online and stuff like that. But um, but this is a pretty solid record here, so I should check out the early stuff. I need to kind of make a point to do that, but... Um, Anyways, Necronautical is the band, and the album is called Stain in the Spirit, and that came out in August of 2021 through Candlelight Records, and that is album number four, so I got three others I need to go back and, uh, and check out here. But, uh, but anyways, really cool song and a pretty cool record, so here we go, off of Stain in the Spirit, this is Necronautical with Occult Ecstatic Indoctrination.
Alright, there we go. That was Necronautical from the UK with Occult, Ecstatic, Indoctrination. Yeah, I mean, there's some really, really solid riffing going on there and um, the very powerful production. But uh, the keys really kind of make it stand out um, from the crowd, I would say. Very kind of, like I said, like mid-era Cradle of Filth. Kind of got some Emperor vibes. Uh, just in the keys, that is. And um, like I said, I need to go back and, and check out the old stuff. Because that's kind of like septic flesh, almost. It's kind of something that I got into way later in their career. And then I had to go backwards, you know, and check out a lot of stuff that I ended up really liking. Uh, all right, we're going to the USA here out of New York. Existed from 1990 to 2010. This is Typo Negative. And, of course, we hear Typo Negative every single time uh, you guys tune in because that's the opening theme song, of course, is Blood and Fire. Um, I'm going to play something off of my absolute favorite uh, record of theirs and really just one of my favorite records uh, ever. And that's World Coming Down from 1999. Came out in September of 99. That was album number four out of six. And that was uh, when they were still on Roadrunner Records. And yeah, this one still kind of captures this rawness of their early stuff, but still kind of has that beautiful, you know, vibe of the, uh, you know, Bloody Kisses and uh, October Rust eras. So it's kind of a good combination. I think Josh, the keyboard player, even said that this was kind of, to him, the pinnacle. This was the peak where they kind of uh, made a near-perfect album and uh, the ones that follow didn't quite uh, come up to this level, in his opinion, but um, the interludes, you know, I, I could kind of do without the interludes. They don't really add anything uh, to this album, but as far as the actual songs go, there's just not a weak spot on the entire record, and the production is fantastic. Um, it just kind of has this kind of extra rawness to it that was uh, perhaps missing from October Rust. That was a pretty, you know, sleek... Uh, sounding album and this one's got a little more grit to it I would say but um, I've played stuff off of this album before so I kind of I didn't want to repeat myself so I wanted to pick a slightly deeper cut I guess but this one is very catchy and uh, could have easily been um, a single off of it I would say so here we go off of 1999's world coming down this is typo negative with creepy green light The soil splits 
There we go. 
Typo Negative with Creepy Green Light. Uh, love that record. It brings back some good memories for me. Uh, no, I didn't get into it in 1999. I was too young for that. But uh, whenever I did finally get into it, it's probably around 2006 or so, 2005, 2006. And uh, I just remember borrowing a uh, you know home recording rig from my friend JT, who at the time I was an intern at a studio under him. He was my mentor there and teaching me the ways of uh, audio engineering. And he gave me his um, his rig, his at-home rig, to use and practice with at home. And uh, I remember having a very old version of iTunes on there that I had uh, put, you know, typo negative and stuff on, on my computer. So I'd be listening to it through my big monitor speakers and stuff and really getting into it at the time. So yeah, that's what it reminds me of. All right, we're going to Russia here. Four-piece that's been going since 09, and they do some really just epic, kind of melodic, just very sweeping, big-sounding black metal, and um, I really like it. And what what captured me, what put me over the edge, because I'd heard this band before and liked it, but I, I didn't really um, think about them often, put it that way. But uh, this most recent album, uh, the cover just grabbed me immediately and um, checked out the record and it's excellent to me it's their best work to date and I think they've even started playing live which they never used to do uh, so I think that was kind of a first for them in the last year or two but it's Elder Wind and um, Elder Wind has released three records there was a pretty good gap between the first and second like they put out the debut in 2012 and the second album didn't come till 2018 uh, and then they just released this newest one in uh, 2021 but I feel like I've heard the second album um, shortly after it came out, and I, like I said, I enjoyed it, but it just didn't quite keep me coming back, you know what I mean? And I just kind of lost track of this band. But yeah, whenever they were uh, really pushing this, this newest album, the cover just grabbed me immediately. But the album's called Fires, and it came out in May of 2021 and uh, was released independently. And it's really good. It's a really good record, and it kind of brought me right back... Um, you know, on board when it comes to this band, and I'm definitely going to keep an eye uh, in the future because I'm, I'm following them now on Facebook and things like that, so I can kind of keep up a little better. But uh, this album is great, so if it passed anybody by back in 2021, now's your chance to give it a listen. So I'm going to play the title track here. So here we go, off of their third album from 2021. This is Elder Wind with Fires.
There we go. Well, that was excellent, wasn't it? That was Elder Wind with Fires off of their album of the same name. We're going back to the USA here for this next one out of Arkansas. We don't really see that too often. This is a trio that's been going since 2021, so still very new. Uh, they released a demo in 2022, and uh, they released their self-titled one uh, just this past June. So that band is Ghost Hollow. And I came across them on a list of kind of the best like underground releases of the year. And um, there was it was a very long list. So I was scrolling through and looking at some of these bands that I had never heard of and checking some of them out. And some of them were kind of shitty. Um, but I'm all for like exploring kind of these more unknown and underground bands. So I, I kind of was sifting through this list and uh, came across this one and actually um, ended up really enjoying this record. It's a little bit different because it's very you know rooted in black metal but it kind of has this kind of sludgy quality to it which that kind of sludge metal i hate the genre name i hate the, the term but there are some bands in that genre that i do enjoy not many but there are some and this kind of combines those genres well enough uh that it i didn't immediately just say no i'm not listening to that and skip it i kind of gave it a, a solid listen and ended up really liking it so um it's a self-titled album came out on June 30th of this year, released independently, of course, because they're still very new, and this is their uh, their first release, but um, but it was pretty solid, and I went ahead and bought it on, uh, on Bandcamp, so if you guys uh, dig this song, since they're a young, new, independent band, you know, go ahead and check out their Bandcamp page, and, uh, and, you know, you can listen to the full record and purchase it if you want. So here we go, off of their self-titled debut album, this is Ghost Hollow with Naked and Craven. Oh, too late.
All right, there we go. That's Ghost Hollow with Naked and Craven. Um, definitely sounds like American, you know what I mean? I wouldn't expect that from another country, but it definitely sounds kind of that sludgy Southern American style, I would say. Uh, all right, we're going, uh, well, staying in the USA here out of California, out of L.A. Originally, it's Slayer, and they existed from 81 to 2019 when they finally retired. And uh, I'm not going to go into, you know, much background about Slayer because they're Slayer. We've all heard of Slayer. If you're listening to this program, then you've heard of Slayer and you know pretty much all you need to know. Um, but I played them several times, of course, but I was just kind of going back to this song. I don't remember why, but um, I love this record. And I was I practice along to Spirit and Black fairly regularly, and I, I think I decided to mix it up last time I was drumming and, and played along to this song. And it just kind of reminded me how awesome this song is so uh, if you haven't guessed it I'm playing something off of Seasons in the Abyss which came out in 1990 uh, through Deaf American Recordings and that was album number five out of uh, 11 I believe is what they they finished with um, and this is just a great record because it kind of captures that speed and aggression of Rain and Blood but then they also have the slower creepy songs like you heard on South of Heaven and uh, just a better production and the vocals kind of cover all bases in terms of more of some of the shouty stuff uh like in war ensemble you know the chorus and stuff like that which he did a lot more of the shouty stuff in the albums that followed uh and then some of the kind of lower vocals that you'd hear on on a record like hell awaits or something like that so it kind of covers everything this is kind of that perfect mix of uh, of the old and new with slayer but um Great tune and a fun one to drum. So here we go off of 1990's Seasons in the Abyss. This is Slayer with Hollowed Point. Yeah. 
right there we go that is slayer with hallowed point and i love that tune um love that record and i think that the the albums that followed kind of don't get enough love there's always some good moments on each of those records so the ones that kind of just cast them off because you know dave lombardo wasn't there um need to get with it man there's still some good songs especially on divine intervention i really really like that record uh all right oh fun fact by the way uh seasons in the abyss was the album i was listening to in my car when i got in my very first uh car accident <laughs> i was listening to to war ensemble on my way to uh the cd store i remember it vividly i was going to the cd store to get my father a specific cd that he wanted for father's day but i was forbidden i was still a new driver and I was forbidden to go that far. I wasn't supposed to go, you know, anywhere other than work and school and stuff at the time. And I broke the rules and was going to go to the CD store and get him his gift and then got in an accident instead. So, backfire. Bad backfire. Um, anyways, we're going to Russia here. This is a four-piece uh, that's been going since 2017, so still fairly new. Called Edoma. That's E-D-O-M-A. And they released an album. I'd never heard of them before. They released a debut in 2020. Um, but I've come across this second album. And it took me a while to finally check it out. But uh, really, really enjoy it. Second album's called Buried by Permafrost. And that came out in April of this year. And uh, that shows that it was released independently as well. Like so many others on this, uh, this list today. But it's a really good record. And it's some very well-performed, you know, high-intensity black metal with a good production and um really really enjoyed it like i need to find the debut and listen to that because i have not yet but i have listened to this record a couple of times and uh and thoroughly enjoyed it so here we go off of the uh second album excuse me buried by permafrost this is idoma with creators of the new world
There we go. That is Idoma from Russia with Creators of the New World. Um, that's an excellent record. I, I highly suggest you check that one out. Uh, now we're going to the USA out of Oregon. This is a trio that's been going since 2012. And it's very just primitive death metal. And you might think, well, we've heard that to death. You know, what else could possibly be offered uh, in that genre? And you could say that about several subgenres. But um, I really liked this record, and I haven't heard the first two. I just kind of came across it on a Facebook group, like a death metal Facebook group. Somebody shared about it, and I listened to it and thought this was actually some really cool primitive death metal. And um, it might not grab you guys at all, who knows, but uh, something about it just grabbed me and um, really liked this record. I like the production on it. Vocals, um, it kind of reminds me of like a slower version of like Mammoth Grinder or something like that. But, um, but yeah, it's just no frills, very straightforward and very well done to me. So the band is called Torture Rack, and the album I'm talking about is called Primeval Onslaught, and that came out on June 9th of this year through 20 Buck Spin, and as I said, that is album number three. I haven't listened to the first two, but I need to. Um, and yeah, very straightforward and primitive. Hope you like it. <laughs> Here we go. Off of Primeval Onslaught, this is Torture Rack with Bone Snare. Thank you. 
There we go. That is Torture Rack from Oregon with Bone Snare. Very cool record. I really, really like that one a lot. Um, we're staying in the USA here for this next one. We're going to Phoenix, Arizona. This band, very new. They've only been going since 2021. Um, there's nobody in the band that I I don't think I've heard of them before anyways. But uh, the band is called Moribund Dawn, and they released their debut album in June of last year. Totally did not know anything about it, and uh, I don't, I, I mean, I'm straining to remember how I uh, came to learn about them uh, recently, because it was within the past, God, I mean, three weeks maybe that I first heard them and heard this album, and I was like, damn, this is really good. Um, but they, this album that came out in June of last year, it's called Dark Mysteries of Time and Eternity. Uh, the album cover looks very just icy, you know, Scandinavian black metal, uh, but they're from Phoenix, Arizona, so they're currently roasting alive out there from what I've heard. <clears throat> uh, but anyways, this album came out in June of last year through Carbonized Records, and it's really good, just melodic uh, black metal, and definitely kind of has vibes of uh, a band like uh, like Sacramentum, like in the best way possible. Um, I really like Sacramentum, so a lot of those vibes going on, and I made sure to tell my bandmates about this band uh, shortly after hearing this album, because I was like, this is worth your time, this is damn good. And, uh, and they agreed, so they gave it a listen and said, yeah, this is actually pretty awesome. So I uh, wanted to kind of spread the word, share the wealth a little bit. So hope you enjoy some nice, uh, tasty, melodic black metal here. So off of the debut album, Dark Mysteries of Time and Eternity, this is Moribund Dawn with Dark Mysteries of Time and Eternity.
Well, there we go. From Phoenix, Arizona. That was Moribund Dawn with Dark Mysteries of Time and Eternity. Really awesome stuff. Um, I always love when you hear something like that coming from a more kind of unexpected place. Um, but it definitely has those, you know, sacramentum vibes, some dissection vibes in there. But uh, really well done. I'm excited to kind of see where they go from there. Um, all right. It is that time for me to announce the final song of the episode. I want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for telling other people about the podcast. Uh, if you want to tell someone where they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or on the free Podbean app. And, of course, uh, the whole catalog of episodes is also available on Spotify, so you can find it and follow it there. Uh, any sort of feedback or requests or anything like that, critiques, whatever you want to tell me, uh, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And, of course, please find and like the Facebook page uh, because any sort of news or updates um, about future episodes or poll questions for you guys, uh, the listeners, all that kind of stuff, you know, anything that I want to get out to you is going to be posted there. So please find and like that Facebook page so you don't miss out. Um, okay, as I said, I'm going to do a themed episode for episode 150. So you've got a, a few more kind of regular episodes in between then. And, you know, thanks for bearing with me because I'm kind of overall keeping my song intros a little shorter because um, I'm I'm still just not feeling right you know for those who don't know the details I guess I'll keep it short and sweet but basically I have some neurological stuff going on and there's no real clear um, indication as to why so basically I have a massive amount of inflammation in my brain and spinal fluid and it's just putting a ton of pressure in my skull and the back of my neck and it's squeezing my pituitary gland and putting a ton of pressure on my optic nerves and it's really fucking with my um, vision and my hearing is even not you know right it's not getting worse but it's just very like uneven like any given day it just feels unbalanced or something and then it'll go back to normal and um, and it's it sucks <laughs> it really sucks and my head, I don't. My I get headaches a lot, but uh, it's just this pressure, this feeling of pressure, and it goes down my neck and everything. So basically, I'm still getting tests done and seeing different doctors and stuff, and I'm gonna have to get like a spinal tap done uh, sometime soon to test my spinal fluid and see if I've got some sort of autoimmune thing going on that I've never had before. So don't really know, but it's been you know about a month and a half in total dealing with all this crap, but. Yeah, I don't always have the motivation to uh, to record whenever I'm kind of dealing with uh, a particularly bad day, a rough evening, or something with that. But um, whatever, I'm not. It's not debilitating, so I'm not really gonna complain about it too bad. But anyways, I'm gonna announce the final song here. I want to thank you guys uh, for listening, and I expect to be back in two weeks with the next one. I've already started compiling some songs for that one, so I'm getting it ready. This one, I'm going to finish with something a little little different than normal. Uh, you know me, I usually pick a really long song or a slower, like, doom song and stuff to kind of close things out. This one's still on the slow side, but it's not that metal, you know, which is kind of hard to explain. But it's more um, rock-based, I guess. And it's a band I've played twice before on way older episodes, but it's Greenleaf from Sweden. They've been going since 99. They've had several vocalists and stuff. Uh, this guy, I believe, sang on the second and third albums, and he's, you know, my favorite of the vocalists, I would say. Um, 
but they kind of have you know a stoner um, aesthetic to them and everything. Obviously, the band name is Greenleaf, and um, but they just kind of do this kind of stonery rock stuff. But every once in a while, they'll do one that's just kind of a slower jam that's kind of got some atmosphere to it and just kind of has a cool vibe. And I've played one in the past that was called uh, Nest of Vipers and just an amazing song. And the record isn't that great, but that song is great. And I've played another one, um, Levitate and Bow, I think it was called. And that's the same thing. The record's not fantastic, but that song has something special to it. So this kind of falls in the same boat. Um, It's off of their third album. They have eight at this point. But their third album from 2007 called Agents of Araman, and that came out on Small Stone Records. And uh, this album is, eh, you know, it's fine, it's okay, but this particular song, uh, I just really liked the the mood of it and felt like it would be a good uh, episode closer here. So here we go off of the third album, Agents of Araman. This is Greenleaf from Sweden with Sleep Paralysis. Cheers. Oh 